on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Hello and welcome to the Throwing Independent.ie's GA podcast. I'm Will Slattery and we are back with another week of debate. Martin Bretney's 2020-50 rankings are out for each and every county. Leicester was on Monday, Munster counties were Tuesday, Ulster were yesterday, and today it is the turn of the Connacht counties to get their top 20 players ranked. I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Verney. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to have Martin and Vincent Hogan on to discuss all the rankings. Michael, it's been interesting. Last week, we were kind of just previewing it. We were giving Martin a lot of praise about how much work he put in, but now we're really going to sink our teeth into it and rip apart his selections. Yeah, it's funny. I have a dartboard here beside me in the room, but I'd say if there was pubs open now, Martin's uh, picture would be on a lot of dartboards and people <laughs> firing, firing arrows at him. Um, yeah, I'd say there's different people upset about, about different things. The, it's like picking an all-star team or picking any team or doing any of this like this there's always going to be people disappointed uh, it's particularly in you know the bigger counties you know the Kerrys and Dublins the the wealth of uh, people he has to pick from is just absolutely unbelievable but uh, yeah I was going to say to Martin like when this is all over I'd say there'll be a, a box of poison pen letters mm-hmm. inside his front door different people upset particularly now and the fact that Martin's not on Twitter I'd say there could be a few letters um, the postman will be busy up around Knock Line in Dublin where he lives I'd say <laughs> and a commiserations to you you were squeezed out of the Offaly list there was a lot of competition to cornerback to be fair like you know greats like Martin Hanami as well you were never really going to get in ahead of them to be fair I'd say it was squeezed out of the top 500, let alone the top 20. Uh, yeah, the off the Offaly selection is uh, fairly stacked now. Fairly, fairly stacked. Uh, very, very difficult to get on. As I said, a lot of a lot of serious players to pick from, particularly between the, the golden period of the 80s, uh, 80s to 2000, yeah. But uh, didn't make the Galway list and there was no Wicklow list, which Martin will explain to us why there was no Wicklow Harlan list, so I didn't make that either. <laughs> I'm just admiring your background. Like yesterday, you were just going to back wall. You've, you've, you've kind of put in a new background today. There seems to be a lot of kind of figurines. Are they figurines behind you? Yeah, no, this is this is the home house. I had to get my car fixed, so I had to come home. Um, yeah, lots of different wrestling figures, most of them still in their pockets. I was going to say, you're a collector, or like, are you hoping to sell these on for big money in years to come? No, I wouldn't say I'm a collector. I'd say I'm a hoarder. Uh, no matter where I go, I have to pick up different things. And I love uh, like signed memorabilia and things like that. So I put together just during lockdown over the last couple of days, got everything up on the walls that I wanted to get up properly so that I could sign pictures. A signed Swans jersey, Sydney Swans by Ty Kennelly. Uh, met Ken Norton, the boxer who broke Muhammad Ali's jaw. I have a signed picture of him. Uh, all Carter Star signed memorabilia by Ruby Walsh and a few other bits and pieces. I have a glove here signed by um, signed by Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali as well. That's the that's the wow. centerpiece of, of the room. Yeah, no, I love all this stuff. Yeah, anywhere I go, I try and bring home 
uh, try and bring home something. And that's probably one of the reasons I've been to Vegas so many times because they always there's a wrestling shop over there, and they usually end up dropping a fair amount of dollars in there and packing my suitcase and bringing back a load of stuff yeah. and putting it. Yeah, in that's there. why you go to Vegas to visit the wrestling shop. Yeah, we yeah, we was that a euphemism? <laughs> one, of, one of many reasons to go. <laughs> Well, on that note, we'll bring in Martin Brownie and Vincent Hogan. Uh, it's causing a lot of debate in the GA world, Martin. You've put in Trojan work to put together all these rankings. But last week, we, you know, it was a very nice preview. We were praising you about how much work you put in. Today, it's time to put your selections on the line. And I might start with, with Cork Hurling. was one of the ones I thought was one of the more interesting debates. You went with Brian Corcoran, number one, Ray Cummins, two, Jimmy Barry Murphy, three. The latter two players who were you know synonymous with Cork Hurling in the 70s in a great era. But why did you ultimately go with Brian Corker? Well, one of the things I, I think we mentioned here last week was uh, versatility. And I think in front of Brian, uh, Brian Corcoran, if you think of it, he went from right full back to centre back to full forward, winning all sides as he went. Now, for somebody in my view to be able to go play cornerback as he did, winning an, an all star and holder of the year in his first year at the age of 19, 1992, go to centre back uh 1999 or, or when they won the all it was a center back and then full forward in 2004 2005. that to me gives them an edge over, over over the other contenders on the basis of that that versatility to be able to play those three positions he has two holders of the year award in different positions um so that's why that's why i went for him i mean the, ray commons the team of the millennium again well it was it's just that's just an opinion as well and i mean the odd the strange thing was in the team of the century uh, Nicky Rackett of Wexford was, uh, who obviously isn't eligible for this because he was before the, the time scale. He was on the team of the century. And when it came to 2000, Ray Cummins was on the team of the millennium. Now, neither of them had held the ball in between. And yes, there was a change in the, a change in the team. So it shows you how uh, 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 different opinions come. So that's that's why I went to Brian Corkin. And I think, uh, I, know, I, think I, I, I would defend that one uh, uh, all the way. Yeah, Vince, I guess you would have maybe seen Ray Cummins and Jimmy Barry Murphy play. You know, they were stalwarts for that Cork team that won three in a row in the 70s. And I know Jimmy Barry Murphy then won more All-Irelands in, in the 80s. Do you think, is their case stronger than Brian Corcoran's or would you agree with Martin's uh, uh, assessment there? Uh, very unusual for me, Will, but I, I kind of happen to agree with Martin here. I think um, if you look <laughs> at the longevity of uh, Brian Corcoran, well, particularly, I remember that day in, in 92 when he marked Pat Fox and he was 19 years of age and a lot of people would have thought that uh, Fox would have gone to the cleaners on a championship debutant, basically. But like Corkin was phenomenal. And we, we, we go from that to the image of him scoring the point off his knees. Then was it in, in 05? But, you know, I'm, I'm half surprised that the chief medical officer, Tony Holohan, hasn't come out with a statement reprimanding Mr. Brehany here because... God knows there's enough tension and stress in the country under lockdown, but you can only imagine the arguments. I'm getting a lot of feedback on Twitter and that, and everyone is in a heated debate about who should get this and who should get that. And the great and the beauty of this is that no matter what you say, the only certainty is you're going to be wrong. And, you know, Martin has been wrong famously over his entire career, but he, he's, gone, he, he's come with more than a double whammy this time. <laughs> well, well, Michael, I guess obviously there's a lot of folks at the top of the list, but one name that jumped out at me that wasn't even included in the top 20 is a man who over the last number of years has been Cork's probably top performer, Patrick Horgan, didn't even crack the top 20. Uh, what did you make of that? Yeah, that was one that definitely jumped out for me. But to be fair to be fair to Martin, like you're going you're going back through Cork's history and you're you're looking at lads that have reams of all learnings. Like like the, the recency bias that we that we talked about, like yeah, he was he was phenomenal last year in the All Ireland quarter final against Kilkenny. Um 
it's probably since 2013 onwards he's been one of the best forwards in the country. But when you go down to that Cork list, you're not just talking about you know some of the best forwards in the country at that time. You're talking about you know JBM, Ray Cummins, talking with some of the greatest forwards of all time. You go further down that list, uh, the Gerald McCarthy's, uh, Ben O'Connor's, Jerry O'Connor's of this world. So like Martin has always said it as well. Yeah, I I looked at it and I thought Patrick Horgan should be in there, but when I went down through the list and you go down through your history and you're thinking like, geez, who are you going to leave off to to put him in? Um, so the recency bias, the recency bias can kind of take over there to some extent. The one I said to Martin, the one I said to Martin was though, I I I will be stand over that that Cahill Daly should have been in the Offaly top twenty footballers, uh, one of the best cornerbacks in Ireland for a decade during his during his county career, and didn't make the top twenty. I don't know whether I don't know whether it was an oversight or Martin has any great uh, opinion on that, but he might uh, let us uh, let us know. Yeah, Michael, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do what I do with anybody else who mentions as well. Who would you leave off? Um, I, I would have probably left off, honestly, I probably would have left off uh, Vinnie Claffey. That's, that, that's been honest, Jack. I'm going to name one man. So Vinnie Claffey, uh, Neil O'Connor, Samasio, Vinnie Claffey would have not have been on. No, yeah, Carl Daly would have been on instead of Vinnie Claffey, yeah. I think if you look if you look at that Offaly team that won the Leinster in 97, uh, Vinnie Claffey was unbelievably uh, important in that. But Cottle Daly, to me, was probably our, one of our top three players throughout that team and for the rest of the decade. And even when we got to a, a Leinster final against Dublin, maybe seven or eight years after, yeah, I would have had Cottle Daly on it every day of the week, yeah. But that's... Vinnie Claffey had, a, just in case, uh, uh, Vinnie Claffey had a very long career as well, has to be has to be uh, acknowledged. And that's, there's a choice, that's it, that's that's what. But I just, as long as you mentioned who should be left off, you have to go back to Offaly. That's, uh, I'm quite happy with <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Michael could uh, debate awfully all day. But Vincent, what about your own county in Tipperary? Obviously, their top five in hurling, another county that's very tough to call. Uh, Martin went with Nicky English one, on Kelly two, Porig Mar three, Brendan Cummins four, and John Lackey five. Do you think, uh, is that a fair representation of the last 50 years for Tip? I do, I think so. Um, I think the beauty of this whole thing that we're debating here is, without even missing a beat, we've gone from talking about cork hurling to awfully football. I mean, this is... This is what's raging around the country because of this. Yeah, do you know one fella that I, I look at the tip list and he's not on it is Connell Bonner. And I thought Connell at his best. This is a guy who won in All-Ireland at 19 as well and was there for 12 years or whatever. A really stylish wingback. Kind of half surprised he didn't make the top 20. The only Bonner who did is Colm, who again was this great midfielder. Um, but look, you know, Nicky English to me, you know, I'd be biased. I wrote Nicky's book. But like Nicky won six All Stars before Tip won anything, and that's a measure of how good he was. So I don't think anyone can argue with that. So can I just ask you? Again? I, can I do the same as I did with uh, Vinnie Clathy, uh, uh, Connell Bonner, Rosane. Who do you leave off? Unfortunately, I don't have the list in front of me, Martin. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. You see, that's the point. You see, you you you, you had that prepared that you're uh, going to make a case for Connell Bonner. Now you can't tell me who who you leave off. This is the uh, this is what you get you see, because. Um, we can only have 20. I couldn't have a special session just a little add-on to Tipperary. Yeah. Just one uh, thing, just one thing wait, wait, yeah. before we go any further, I just want to explain one thing because it arose yesterday. I was on the KFM radio with Clem Ryan in Kildare and he was slagging me or slagging us admittedly with friendly fire why we hadn't done all the hurling counties rather than, as we did, I think we did about 18 of them. 
And the reason is very simple, as I explained to him. I, I wouldn't have stood over. I didn't see enough of a lot of those counties. That's the reality of it. You don't see the, the, the lower-ranked counties in hurling. And unless I, I had some knowledge of the Barbie and, and have seen them over the years, I wouldn't do it. Because there are enough people spoofing at the moment without me adding to the list. So unless I've seen it, I, or, or had some, I'm being able to follow it, at least. Because as well, the coverage of it in newspapers, and indeed the local newspapers and hurling in a lot of those counties wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been uh, all that... Uh, uh, plentiful and as I pointed out to him we are now in the last whoever's doing this in years to come will find it much easier by the way because uh, the independent Irish independent rating we started that what seven or eight years ago so there's a rating there for every player every strong and weak county uh, so somebody doing this in years to come can actually have figures to back up every single game everybody played yeah, in 30 years' time, when Michael Verney takes on part two to update the rankings, he'll have a, a treasure trove of statistics uh, to fall back on. Um, but I guess we were saying there, I guess, that, you know, the difference between bringing in maybe, you know, where do you rank the younger guys who haven't been around as long? Claire, the list was interesting. Tony Kelly getting into the top five ahead of uh, players like Davy Fitzgerald, Anthony Daly, Shawnee McMahon was number one there, Brian Long was number two, Michael. Like, do you think Tony Kelly, uh, is that a, a warranted place in the Clare top five? Because it's a very competitive era for Clare Hurling winning those all Islands in the 90s as well. And you have the, the team with Gerlock Nan, you know, going further back than that. Uh, I probably would have had him a bit further down. That's just myself. I kind of was brought up on the the nineteen nineties team in particular, and I probably would have had a couple of more more of those guys a bit a bit further up. Uh, obviously, Tony's Tony's only mid to late twenties, so he still has plenty more years. But like, I suppose when you're looking at who was their key influential player in twenty thirteen when they won All Ireland, he obviously was, and he was hurler the year and young hurler the year. But whether like he's don't get me wrong, he's done some unbelievable things and he's done some unbelievable things at Ballier, but whether he's delivered consistently for Clare or since that All Ireland, I would be somewhat questionable in my view. So I would I would have had him hovering around maybe seven or eight and and bumped a few other lads up a small bit. But that's just uh, that's just my own opinion. Michael, you were Michael. Had, had I done that, I know exactly what you would be saying now. That, that uh, me being from the older generation didn't quite get the modern generation. And when I put him in there, you say put one of the older fellows in. This proves how difficult it is. And that's exactly what you've been saying to me. Admit it. I, I no, no, I, I wouldn't have been if it had been with a, if it had been with another player. I possibly would have had. Like I, I would have probably had TJ Reid up a bit higher in the Kilkenny list. Um, but I think that's, I think that's fully warranted. I don't know whether Tony Kelly's uh, ranking in the Clare list is fully warranted yet. Yeah, well, I've, it is. Well, Vincent, uh, Michael mentions Kilkenny there, and like their top, their top twenty, even like some of the guys who were in, in tw- like Paul Murphy in twenty, you know, one of the best cornerbacks of his generation. But just to go through their list: Henry Shefflin one, DJ Carey two, Eddie Kerr three. Like, will you find a better three-man top three than that? Probably not. Tommy Walsh four, JJ Delaney five. No ski in six and TJ Reid seven. Uh, what did you make of the Kenny list? I mean, you're talking about some of the greatest hurlers who'll probably feature very highly in the overall. I think that's the whole point, Will. That when we come to the overall, you could have a very similar first five or six because you're talking about the greatest hurling team we've ever seen. I, I'm inclined to agree with Michael that TJ Reid at seven, I'd nearly put him up a bit higher, I think, over the last. Again, he was a slow burner of a career. And, you know, around... 2014, I think, TJ even threatened to step off the Kilkenny team at one stage because he was so frustrated not getting game time. But in the last five years, he has been such a standout performer in a Kilkenny team that has been put together with sellotape nearly, compared to when Henry was in his prime, you know, when Eddie Kerr was in that great Kilkenny team. I think TJ Reid has has been a phenomenal man over the last five years, and I probably pushed him up a little bit higher. But it's interesting you're talking about comparing 
lads of the 70s to the current day. Cork are the only major hurling county I see that don't have a single current player in the top 20. And now they're a team that won back-to-back Munster championships in the last couple of years. I think that's an interesting debate because I would agree that Patrick Horgan, again, a slow burner of a career. He was, he was known more as a free taker than anything for you know, a good few years. But in the last four or five years, he has been absolutely phenomenal. And if you put him into the great Cork team, the three-in-a-row team or whatever, I think he'd have scored for fun. Yeah, but OK. But Sean O'Leary, for instance, didn't get a, 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 a guy like him. Uh, he's there, but I mean, uh, th- there's so many Cork players. But let's go back to Kilkenny for a second. Again, you mentioned TJ Reid should be higher. didn't say who he should be higher than, but we'll accept that. That's uh, the way that, that it's a sort of a political game that uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, play. <laughs> you know uh, hello, TJ, how are you doing? But Eddie, uh, Eddie O'Connor, for instance, you know, g- guys like that, Eddie O'Connor, four All-Stars. And, and yes, you know, that's the quality of, that's the quality of person that, uh, that, that can't, can't, can't even get into the team or into the top 20. So it's very, very difficult. The, the Pat Horgan, they, Munster did win, uh, Cork did win two Munster titles, but, you know, uh, it, that, they didn't win any All-Ireland. Not that that would, would have any, any input into this, but people will complain and say later in the week, because I've obviously completed now that, say, well, how many of the three in a row Cork team are on it? Maybe more should, etc. That's what you get. But in the TJ rating, I just wish you'd tell me who, uh, who should be, who he should be ahead of. Yet I don't have the list, Martin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're you're like a politician. You're I like just, a minister I just now. Have picked out different ones like Michael Fenley at sixteen. Again, look, we're talking about. You're not comparing apples to oranges here, really, are you? Because the Kilkenny list is bound to be very, very difficult because you're talking about an era from, say, nineteen ninety nine, well, two thousand to. 2015, and they stockpiled all Ireland's in that period. So players of that era are just going to dominate that list, and rightly so. So it's it's a very hard one. Look, I'm I'm only having the fun with you because I would not have envied you the task of trying to do this, and it's inevitable that people are going to argue about it. I'm actually amazed that af- I'm actually amazed that after doing Brian Cody's book, that Brian Cody is in number one on Martin's list. <laughs> Well, I did DJ Carey's book as well. So I'm <laughs> Vincent Hogan and Henry Shevlin. We have Kilkenny books coming out. Could I have everywhere here? Uh, Michael, one thing I want to get your opinion on, on the Kilkenny list is our resident cornerback. Obviously, three outstanding cornerbacks, broadly of the same area. Jackie Turl at 11, Michael Cavett at 19, and Paul Murphy at 20. Shows how competitive it was. You know, Is that a fair ranking of those three for you who placed the position? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's fair enough, uh, to be fair. I probably would have had Mick Cavanagh a, t- a tiny bit higher. Um, I, I, I think if you're comparing him and Paul Murphy I would probably have I, I think he should be a small bit further ahead of Paul Murphy I don't have the list in front of me to see who should go down but is I would it? say he should be a small bit ahead of him uh, Jack, Jackie, Jackie's is fair enough Jackie was an absolutely outstanding cornerback for the guts of a decade and was rarely was rarely shown up in any, in any game to be honest with you so I, I think that's fair enough and I'm delighted to see that the cornerback union <laughs> is well represented because as we said last week a lot of the time um, they're overlooked by the lads that have you know 7, 6F beside their name or something like that and they're putting over handy freeze all day so I'm delighted to see the boys at the other end being rewarded and what about your own county, Offaly, as well? I'm sure you, you watched that one with interest in hurling. Uh, Brian Whelan was first, Johnny Dooley second, Eugene Cochran third, Martin Hanami fourth, and Wacom Kelly fifth. Was that like what is your rate of that? Yeah, see, 
it's kind of a, ba- a balancing act between uh, obviously the two All Irelands in the eighties, the two All Irelands in the, and the two All Irelands in the nineties. So there's some like there's some great players. Like if you look at the players that missed out, uh, Billy Dooley wasn't on it. Obviously, brilliant two time All Star, brilliant forward during the nineties. Michael Dignan wasn't on it either. Um, of recent teams, you know, Shane Dooley didn't make it. Who a lot of people would say would have absolutely fitted in beautifully in either the nineties or the eighties teams. But it's very very hard to very hard to go against anything that's there. I know like Rory Hanafy was the only kind of relatively modern player that made it. Uh he won two two, two club All Ireland's before was probably Offley's best player to me over the guts of a decade. Won four or five Railway Cups with Leinster as well. So I, I think he does deserve his best there. Um I think with regards to the Offley list, uh, there's no doubt in Brian Whelan and Johnny Dooley up around there. You could probably, a, cu- a couple of the other lads close to them, the likes of Eugene Coughlin um, and a few others are, it'd be like, you wouldn't be, if he was five or if he was eight, you wouldn't be that, like they're very kind of interchangeable. But uh, he'd quite a bit to work with there, in fairness. Um, there's very few uh, re- players that made a really big difference in the 80s or 90s that lo- lost out. But uh, obviously, there's a few people disappointed. I got a few, had a few people, had a few people on to me about this and that. <laughs> uh, but it's it's good. It's 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 creating debate, as we said last week. In one way, it's good that the pubs aren't open because uh, God, you know, it's what what be going on every Friday or Saturday night, or even on a quiet Monday night. Yeah, and, and on your own county, Martin, as well. It's such a top or tough, uh, kind of top three to spit all with the initials JC, which made it even more tantalizing. Joe uh, Canning, ultimately number one, Joe Cooney, number two, and John Connolly, number three. That was a very difficult. I see that was probably one of the, the tougher ones to, to pick, was it? Yes, it was. And I know in, 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 in Galway, there will be a lot of, if, if, you, had a, if you had a vote in Galway, it probably be split three ways, really would. And uh, it's very, very difficult because, as, as I said before, say John Connolly, John had to come from a time when Galway Hurling was uh, was down and psychologically flat, and so he had to be part of the of the, the era that changed the mindset. Where Joe Cooney and, and Joe Canning came with a completely different mindset because of all the success underage and indeed senior and indeed club had had. had. So that was a very, that was a difficult. One. I opted for, for we opted I opted for Joe Canning in the end, and you know it's hard to know. I mean, in my, even in my own mind. Uh, whether I'm influenced a little bit because that because I've seen so much of Joe over the last over the last uh, don't say twelve years, but even before that, as a sixteen year old with Portonda, it's very very hard. And I just I gave him the nod, but it's if if listen if, if it's a, it was a photo finish with uh, literally uh, literally on the nod. I mean because they, they are three, and they are, the fact that they're all three JCs extraordinary. But uh, my God, forty two year service between them for Galway hurling. It's some it's some kind of contribution with more to come from Joe Canny yet. Yeah, Vincent, it's interesting when you see like Joe Kine topping this list because he's a player, unlike some of the other ones, maybe just the era which he came up and how young he was when he came in. Like from the from the from his 15, 16 years of age, he was tipped to be on lists of this nature by the end of his career. It's interesting to see having him played now, you know, 10, 15 years almost, that he really has justified the billing that he got at such a young age. Yeah, well, we all remember it was just his second championship game, the one against Cork, where he scored all but three points of Galway's total or something. And, and he was still a teenager at that stage. He had made his debut in Caseman Park against Antrim. And, you know, the debate for the next five or six years with Joe was, where do you put him? Do you put him at centre forward, full forward, wing forward? And I think various Galway managers struggled to decide what they wanted to do with Joe Canning, where they needed him. It, it's, it's the old story. It's a bit like Michael Murphy, the Donegal footballer. Ideally, you'd like two of them so you could put them in two different positions. But I think over the last 
four or five years, Joe has really come strong, particularly in that floating centre-forward role where he seems to have licence to go where he wants. He's such a gorgeous hurler. And I think, you know, we saw the role he played when they won the All-Ireland um, in 2017. And in 2018, he almost single-handedly, in that second half against Limerick, he almost single-handedly pulled them back into it from being, what, eight points down to nearly, nearly snatching a draw at the end. So I, I think Canning is as good as there is. But, you know, I also think of the two current hurlers that stand out for me, Joe Canning is one, TJ Reid is the other, and it just shows you the difference in their county successes, that Joe is number one, TJ is number seven. And I think when it comes to the overall thing, then TJ's ranking, I would imagine, is going to be down um, because of just the standard of Kilkenny men that have to go ahead of him. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Michael, I might give you the last word on, on hurling before we move on to football. Is there anything else across the other counties or, or anything in particular that jumped out to you? No, the Joe Canning one is, is very interesting. I think what Vinny said there is right. I think what separates Joe Canning has been the start and end of it and like as he comes to the end of his career, like there's probably never been a bigger prodigy uh, coming through than Joe Canning. I remember seeing him scoring a line ball from out near the middle, middle of the field for Portumna when he was 15 or 16 in a county final. He won, he's, won, he's won four club All-Irelands of Portumna. Uh, he was playing under-21 championship games for Galway when he was still minor. He won two minor All-Irelands, was beaten in the third, nearly has the hat-trick at them all. And that's before he even like uh, put his foot on a, on a championship game for the seniors. And then at the end of, the, of his career, we remember that point against Tipperary and... He obviously he was one of the key cogs that led them to that All Ireland and that ending that twenty nine year break. And as Vinny says, he nearly he nearly did it again the year after by himself. So I think he does I think he does warrant uh, warrant that spot over a body of work probably from between the ages of fifteen to whatever he is now. I think he's thirty or thirty one now. But that's that that was one that was always going to be very very interesting. And uh, I think Martin has definitely got that one right. In fairness, uh, yeah, there's been uh, there's been there's been great debate. Um, there's been great debate through all the counties. Um, like even some someone like like John Milan was number five in Waterford. Like that just shows you the strength in depth that that you're dealing with there. The mixture of that great team of the late nineties with Tony Brown and then into the two thousands, and then like there's there's a handful of lads from the current day set up on it as well. But uh, just gonna say like it's uh, people can have their opinions and say this and that, but the body of work that Martin's after putting together is absolutely phenomenal and it looks it looks beautiful in the paper every day. You just and there's so much. It's not like you know when you pick up the paper and there's there's two pages and you can read a story or whatever. You look you're looking at something. You're looking at a county and you're literally looking at it for ten or fifteen minutes, like and thinking who would I have here, who would I have there, who would I move around. I generally don't don't agree with him here. I kind of agree with him here. Uh, this lad should be here, this lad should be there. So I have to say, um, I have to tip the cap to Martin in there. It's an absolutely unbelievable body of work with the with the best yet to come over the next couple of days. Yeah, phenomenal effort. We could actually try to talk about the hurling alone all day. Yeah, and as he said, a reminder that this is the provincial uh, rankings tomorrow and then Saturday is the overall national rankings. We might move on to football now, Martin. Obviously, a very tough task there as well. We might start with Leinster and, and Dublin, obviously. You had to kind of balance two particularly successful eras, the five-in-a-row team and Kevin Heffernan's team of the 1970s. You ultimately went with Stephen Cluxon, number one, Brian Mullins, number two, James McCarthy, number three, Brian Fenton, number four, and John O'Leary, uh, the other great goalkeeper, along with Paddy Cullen, that they've had over the last 50 years, uh, number five. Um, what, what was the top process there between balancing those two eras? Well, I suppose, and the one in between, as you said, uh, well, the, the General O'Leary is actually the one in between, if you like, that, that 90, uh, from the 80s and, and, and 90s. So, 
um, really it was a question of balancing. I was just writing all the names down and looking at them. And the, the, it, it, uh, I wasn't even trying to sort of say, well, we have to have X number from the 70s and X number from, from the current team. You just try and rank them as best you can. I mean, they're, and again, like the number that the, the top names that are left out, like the counties like Dublin and Kerry, or, and a lot of the top counties, it was, it was so it was so difficult. But I suppose I went for Cluxton at the end on the basis of, of you know, he's 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 changed uh, he's changed the game in, in the sense of the, the of the kickouts and not so much as I said before that on actually the actual kickouts himself, but he puts other people thinking about how he's going to kick the ball out, and I think. They put a lot of they put so much time into that sometimes that maybe they forget what they should be doing themselves and that is part of it as well. And also he changed uh, suddenly the, the goalkeepers became the long range free takers and he started that. Uh, Dublin started that with him and now they've they, they, they've also stopped it. I mean, because when Dean Rock came along, they uh, they, um, they they went he he's well able for the long range frees. A lot of the other counters are doing, uh, followed that followed suit. Uh, I suppose showing. Oh, the standard of kicking off the ground has gone to the dogs in a lot of counties that only the goalkeepers can do it. And then for a lot of counties that has failed, we have seen some we have seen some awful efforts over the years from, and from goal, goalkeepers coming up on long feet. But um, Cluxton changed that as well. And they, so for the for the innovation that brought he brought in there, he's obviously I would I would say I would say actually in shot stopping I would have John O'Leary ahead of him, I have to say. I think O'Leary was a better actual shot stopper in the, in the traditional sense of it, but with, with the other influence uh, that that I mean bear in mind when when John O'Leary first played for Dublin, brought brought in his very first game for Dublin, Leicester final in 1980, didn't know until the day of the game he was playing. And the, the instruction that Kevin Heffernan gave to him was uh, keep talking to your defence and kick the ball out as far as you can. That was his. That was the kick-out strategy John O'Leary was, was given at that time. So it's all changed dramatically. I think what Cluxon has done in that, that area. And as I say, the way he's making other counties think uh, and maybe overthink sometimes, I think that's, that's why I went for number one. Mullins was just 19 year old, came in in 1994 or uh, 1974, thrown in the middle of the field. The, the, the rest, as I say, is history. W- would Dublin have won in 1974 without him? Probably not. They might never have had that era. He was just a monster of a man and a, a leader and a, and a real, real winner. So that that's the balance between those two. Martin, can I just ask you a hypothetical question? Brian Fenton has only had five years with Dublin and he's at number four. Um, if you're doing this again in five years and we just say Dublin win three All-Irelands out of the next five and he has the same five years as he's already had over the next five years where would you see him being in five years time? Well if, if, he, if he maintains the races, if he, if he used to maintain the form he showed over the last five years and with all the experience he's gained over the last five years you'd have to say by then I mean, you're, you're saying it is hypothetical but he would certainly be ahead of uh, would probably move ahead of Brian Mullins and may, 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 may in fact have moved to, moved to number one we'll see uh, he's let's put it this way. He's, he's looking good and running to, to use an analogy from other sports to cover. So uh, yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. It, it, he's still very much uh, uh, he's playing, and he, so is James McCarthy. By the way, still 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 playing. Uh, uh, Brian's a few years older than him, but uh, he's definitely could be number one in, in a few years' time. Yeah. yeah, Vincent, it's interesting when you look at some of the, the bigger counties who have had success in, across a few different areas, like just looking at the Dublin list, like someone like Jack McCaffrey in ninth, who in many other counties would probably be you know hovering in the top three, and even Karen Kilkenny, Bernard Brogan, seven and eight. It, it's it's so competitive in some of these larger counties where like there's been a lot of successful players and they're very hard to rank. Yeah, well, I'd imagine, Will, that the, the final national one will be dominated by a five-in-a-row team and a four-in-a-row team, the Kerry team and the, and the current Dublin team. You're dead right. That's the one that stands out for me. McCaffrey at, 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 at nine. Um, Dermot Connolly at 16 in Dublin. Like, that's, 
you know, people worship at the altar of Dear McConnell. He's such a talent, but I suppose he's a mercurial talent as well. Um, looking at the Kerry list, um, John Egan at 10, Pawdy at 11, Dara at 12, Morris Fitz only gets in at 6. So this is what's going to make it fascinating. How do you juggle those figures? And how do you come up with a top 20? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be completely dominated by those two teams, with maybe the likes of a Matt Connor, a Colm O'Rourke, uh, Larry Tompkins getting in. But it's definitely going to be dominated by Dublin and Kerry. It'd be some crack if Martin flip-flops and someone who was fifth ends up being higher than the person that was second or third in the overall <laughs> list. Yeah, Martin, what are the rules? Are, are the rules, strict rules, that you can't change your mind and change someone around between now and Saturday? There are no rules here, but yes, there are, of course. I mean, it would look a bit idiotic if we had, uh, if we had a, a, any player uh, ranked higher in uh, the, the, the province of, the, of the, the final 20 than he's in his county. I mean, that, would completely, uh, that was a credibility. So, no, no. So, therefore, but the order in the county, and for any players who make the the list and obviously people can be picking their own list from the counties now tomorrow when they see the, the, the provincial list I will tell you tell you a bit more but yeah it, it has to run according to the order in the county uh, and just one thing I thought was interesting in the Mead list you had uh, Martin O'Connell in fourth who was on the team of the Millennium and uh, Colm O'Rourke first Trevor Jaws second Graham Gary third but to leave a team of the Millennium uh, selection uh, out of the top three was an interesting call yeah uh, I'll tell you well what was behind that was Again, this is different because it's a top 20. It's not a team. So therefore, a guy is, is competing, against every, he's, he's competing against every other player and every other position. Whereas, say, for a team of the millennium, you're up against the, the, the best wing-backs or whatever. And I would, uh, like, Martin O'Connell, brilliant player, fully deserved, no complaints whatsoever. But I would, I would argue that perhaps the, the left half-back position wasn't as strong uh, as the position that O'Rourke, um, Giles, uh, whatever, were, were going, or, uh, were bidding for in the, in the forward line. So that's that's the explanation there. It's, 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 it's Martin O'Connell was also competing against every other Mead player as opposed to a single position. So that's what that's where we. It would have been easy to go for Martin O'Connell, and nobody would have said, or, or would have said, people, that's fine. He was on the team with the many. But you know, I just think I I, I looked at it a little bit, little bit differently and, and said, well, look, but I think these other guys just uh, deserve to be ahead of him in this exercise. Mm, yeah, one of the more interesting selections, I thought. And uh, Michael Vincent mentioned Kerry there, probably arguably the most competitive one in terms of just ranking the 20. Like, it's funny, you have, obviously, Jack O'Shea, Pat Spillane, Mikey Sheehy are uh, the top three, Colm, Gooch, Cooper in fourth. And then you have the O'Sheas, all four uh, O'Sheas, Tomas, Paddy, uh, Darren, Mark, uh, in that order. I think Tomas, eight, Paddy, 11, Darren, 12, and Mark, 13. There's so many different debates you could have on that list. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, the the Kerry the Kerry the kind of the the teaser for the Kerry selection went up on Twitter yesterday, and it was just like, who is it going to be? And some fella just responded or retweeted and just said, it's Colin Cooper, no questions asked. And like he's not even in he's not even in the top three, and that just show you the the strength and depth. The strength and depth is absolutely unbelievable. As as Vinny says, like you are probably looking at like the top three in Kerry. You're probably thinking they're probably going to be in the top seven or eight. Similar with Dublin, the top three are probably like they'll probably take six of six or seven of the top ten places. I would I would imagine because those counties are so competitive. The same as the same as probably Tipperary and Kilkenny and Hurling. Um, yeah, it's it's seriously interesting. Like it's like small counties like Offaly and others would just be killing to have that sort of competition and be debating who should be in the top three or top twenty when you have about a hundred players that you probably could have picked from. 
just one thing. Just one thing on that, Michael uh, and Vincent. I can see. I can see the points you're making about say Dublin and Kerry and Kilkenny, and you know they'll have obviously well represented in, that, in the provinces. But we can't forget the other counties as well and the outstanding players. And they might have only. It, they might be have only one two in the uh, vying for the uh, for the top twenty. But my God, they're, they're a hell of one or two. You know, I mean, just because. You, you, just because uh, you're from a, a very strong county that uh, won an awful lot doesn't automatically mean that they should have 14 or 15 of the of the top 20. Far from it, and I can tell you, it won't happen. Yeah, well, I think that's that's perfectly fair. I mean, Peter Canavan has got to be right up there. Matt Connor has to be right up there. Porrick Joyce, you know, um, Michael Murphy. So I, I, I think those guys are all. They've surely got to be in the top 20. And um, I, I agree, they've got to be right up there. But I think. I still think that the top twenty has to be logically dominated by those two teams. Yeah, the, the, yeah, of course. But the, but it's just the way the, the way the conversation was going. It was as if uh, the other counties. And I must say, I've always had a soft spot for the the, the uh, shall we say the, the lower rank counties and the players who play for the lower rank counties because uh, uh, what what they do and their their rewards and they are very often for them and the whole lot and the effort they make and the commitment they show and the Good stay show. You take the Kevin O'Briens, the Declan Brown, the John Galvez, the Mickey Cairns, as you just go around the country, all of those guys, Desi Dolan, Matty Ford. My God almighty, there, there, there are some players and, and uh, need to be seriously assessed as, 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 as this goes on. And well, you are an Everton said. fan, so that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, 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 I will, I, I was just making, the, just, making the case for, just making the case for the lads from the, from the less successful counties, perhaps since you want to be with the stronger counties all the time. Uh, I prefer to deal with the other one. You take Andy McCallum from Antrim, for instance. First All-Star, first and only All-Star Antrim ever had. Went, played hurling and football for Antrim, and then went to Limerick and played hurling and football for Limerick. Not bad, I mean, for, for, uh, for, uh, for anybody to play to, to two codes for two counties. So none of these lads are really forgotten. Yeah, Michael, and just on the Ulster counties, what, what struck me looking through the, the football rankings was just the, the depth in some of these counties over the last 50 years. A lot of it, to be fair, from the 90s onward when Ulster football really got an upsurge. But like the Tyrone, the Armagh list, the Down list, some of them, you know, even the top 10 into the 15s, some top quality players. It's funny that Kieran McGinney was one, Joe Kernan number two, and Armagh has all manager going head to head. And in Tyrone, Peter Canavan one, Sean Kavanagh, two, two all-time great players as well. There's there's a lot of competition. So as Martin says, it wouldn't be a shock to see a couple of these guys forcing their way into into the overall list. No, definitely not. Uh, the likes, as Vinny says, the likes of Peter Canavan um, is definitely going to come into that kind of equation. Sean Kavanagh probably wouldn't be too far off the top 20 overall, despite being second in his county as well. Uh, Geezer the same, and, and Joe Kernan. I suppose since... You know, 91, 92, 93, 94, and then in the 2000s, obviously, when Armagh won there, or Ireland and Tyrone won their three. Uh, it's not that it's it's not that it's that recent, but it was just it was so kind of it was such a seismic thing to happen, particularly with Tyrone in the in the noughties. And someone like yeah, like someone like Canavan is going to be going to be well up there, and there'll be a nice little sprinkling of uh, there'll be a nice sprinkling from Ulster counties, and it's good to hear. Like Martin, in fairness, I I like when you. You have someone definitely batting for for the smaller guy, and the fact that like if I was if I was doing this, it wouldn't be a fair representation because they haven't seen you know the seventies and eighties. So he has seen those players, the Andy McCallans and these of, the, of this world that I wouldn't have seen. So um, I suppose that's what's so 
good about it that every every generation is being given the recognition and I suppose the time that it that that it deserves. It's not just been looked at the last you know twenty or thirty years and then who who was good in the seventies and we'll throw them in. It's a, a a fairly forensic look at the last fifty years. You, you mentioned and, and well, you mentioned as well that Peter Canavan and Sean Kavanagh. I think Eugene McKenna is third, and again, it's a slightly generational thing, perhaps. Eugene played in the in the uh, the eighties. And would, Tyrone would probably have won the All Ireland final in 1986 against Kerry if Eugene McKenna hadn't got injured. They were leading by seven points, and Kerry came back at them. Eugene McKenna was captain; he had to go off injured that day. And the margins—that's how tight the margins were. Like Eugene McKenna would be right up there, in my view, with Canavan and Kavanagh. I have the, I had them ahead of him because I suppose they got a bit more chance to, to be uh, competing at All Ireland level every year. But the likes of Eugene Kenny, Frank McGuigan, so those guys, they're really, they would have been more than comfortable, let me tell you, in the, in the, in the, in the Tyrone team that won the uh, three all Ireland, three, four, three, oh, five, no, eight. Well, maybe just to finish up, we might look to Conor football, Vincent, and I guess Mayo was an interesting one in that they've had so many great teams over the last you know, 50 years, ultimately haven't won the all Ireland, but Lee Keegan uh, gets the number one spot, Lee McHale two, Keith Higgins three, James Nallon four and Andy Moore in five. There's some great players in this list, even Killian O'Connor, the top scorer in the history of the championship, is 15th. Um, it's an interesting list, and it'll be interesting to see how, where they figure in the overall list, given that they were so competitive for so many long periods, but ultimately didn't get over the line. Uh, big time, Will. I mean, it, probably the best team in terms of longevity and playing at the highest standard that we've known that hasn't got over the line. I mean, they've is it three All-Irelands where they were a point adrift of Dublin? So we talk about the Dublin team that's won the five in a row as the greatest of ever. So you've got to put this Mayo group right up there. I mean, Lee Keegan, Lee McHale, Keith Higgins, the top three for Mayo. Just astonishingly good players. And, and then you look across at Galway. Porrick Joyce, Jarlett Fallon and, and Michael Donlan. Now, I'd have Michael Donlan probably ahead of Jarlett Fallon. But again, it's, it's a very subjective thing. But... My memory of the 98 Galway team, for example, that won the All-Ireland is obviously of Porrick Joyce, who was the main man in the attack, but Donlan's runs from deep. He had an ability to float almost when he was soloing with the ball that I haven't seen in any other player. He just was this phenomenal creature. But you're right. I mean, Connick's going extremely competitive. Dermot Early, the great Bruce Common man. You know, where does he sit now? So that's all, that's all, going to, that's all to play for. Just just. Um, you mentioned Michael Donnell and uh, the solo skills and the whole lot. In fact, you're right. Uh, he would be the best three solo solos of all I've ever seen would be uh, John Egan, Bernard Brogan Sr. and Michael Donnell. Uh, and, and it's such a scale. You, you see very little of it now. And now you don't see very much. But Egan was, Egan was phenomenal. So was Bernard Brogan. The, the distance between the ball to the foot and the hand was very, very short. Guys were trying to hit the ball into the air or whatever, but uh, Donald had an amazing skill in, in that regard. But we are doing we're, what the provincial scenes, which of course we're carrying as well, we're, unlike the GA, we we're not letting the Railway Cup die. We're carrying the provincial team to the 20 of the, of the provinces. So, uh, so lads will pick to the counties, see the pain, I will see how, where, how they stand against their peers from their, from their, from their own provinces. And then the, the the big one on Saturday with the the, the national one, but we're, we're sticking with the with the province. And even Ulster hurling, for instance, we're doing Ulster hurling uh, provincial team as well. Um, uh, some right, right good hurlers from from the from Antrim, from Derry, from from down over the years. So uh, we're we're not doing Connacht hurling team because it would be obviously a Galway team. So but the rest is seven provincial teams. Uh, coming up. Yeah, Mike, we might give you the last word in the football. Then any other county or team or player ranking that jumped out of you. 
no, I looked at look at a county like Kildare, and obviously Glen Ryan deserve a number one. I was surprised. Dermot Early was a, a nice bit down the list, as in was he around seven, seven or eight, Martin? I think. Which I'd have him if I was. It's funny Martin talked about Martin O'Connell earlier. If I was talking about midfielders um, that haven't won in All Ireland. Dermot Early would probably be on my team. I'd say. Um, so that that was one. Uh, I don't think this is recency bias, but I probably would have had Gary Brennan number one in Clare because I've because I've seen quite a lot of them, and I just think, oh, gee, I just like even when when they weren't going well, he was still he was still the one driving them forward. He's been unbelievable for the goods of over a decade. I, pro- I probably would have had him number one, but that's just because I've seen I've seen more of him. Um, they would they would have been within two that stood up. I thought Dermot already would have been a bit higher, and yeah, probably would have had Gary Brennan number one in Clare. But that's maybe more to do with with my age and the fact that I've seen more of him. Um, but yeah, there, there there's ones like that. There's ones like that in every county, and I suppose that's the that's the great thing about it. And the interesting thing about the Kildare list is that it featured Larry Tompkins and Shay Fahey, who are also on the Cork list as well. I, think, I, pres- I presume they're the only two players, Martin, who feature on lists of two different counties. Uh, yes, they are. Yeah, but I mean, the, the most expensive uh, airfare in the in, in the history of airfares. I mean, the Kildare could have held on to Larry Tompkins for an airfare of about four hundred pounds, five hundred and twenty euro or something like that. They ended up in Cork. I mean, what a, uh, that was the greatest free transfer in the history of in the history of uh, the GA of itself, the history of sport. Because they also got Shea Fahey, and Shea was Shea was living in Cork at the time, but. The, the two of them joining Cork, just as Kerry, they were they pushed Kerry over the age in '87, and they should have won more with that Cork team. But like Th- Tompkins was something else, and he was only just coming into his pride, 24 years of age when Kildare let him go, wouldn't pay his airfare back to uh, to New York when he came home to play the championship game. Changed times, you wouldn't see that happening now. No. Not in Kildare or anywhere else. <laughs> and just to finish up, Martin, last question: uh, Which county of them all, of all the rankings there that we've discussed, what was the toughest one for you to to, to, to narrow down? Uh, the, well, the toughest, the toughest, well, well obviously uh, Dublin, Kerry, uh, Kilkenny in hurling, because you were leaving so many out, and that that was you, you drew up a list and you looked at them, and you're looking at fellas that are just multi all stars in some cases, and you can't you can't squeeze them in. That they were they were the they were the most difficult. And that's as well that having said that. You know, this matters to people. So, you know, everybody wants to be in the top 20. So you, you had, I had to try and make the best effort to get it right as best as best I could. I mean, it's done from the basis of, of honest opinion. But those counties, I mean, you could have, we could have had a top 50, no problem. And you'd still be, you'd still be sitting there asking me, well, uh, why isn't he, why isn't A, B or C, D? Um, that's just the way it is. Well, the beauty of this is that the debate's only really starting because it's the provincial and the national lists where it's going to ratchet up another probably 50%. But we might have you on again next week to, to discuss that. But in the meantime, Martin, Vincent, Michael, thanks so much for joining me. And that's all we have time for on the throne this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week as we recap Martin's provincial and national rankings of the 2020-50 series. In the meantime, you can get them all in the Irish Independent over the weekend, as well as on independent.ie. But until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye.